0: Welcome to my podcast. My name's Eleanor Lilly, and today we'll be discussing Tyrian purple, the natural dye. The color, actually, is not as simple as it may appear with the name. Um, There's actually a range um, of purple-red to a violet-blue, depending on various mollusks, the uh, snails from which the dye is extracted. Um, Tyrian purple, though, is a violet-red, which is different than tecolet in the Bible, which is more like an indigo color, a bluer color. Um, and like I said, the color depends on the mollusk type, but also the amounts of oxygen and light that the dye is exposed to in the dye bath. The sea snails from which the dye comes, are mainly the rock snail murex and the different Latin names for those are the murex trunculus, and especially the Murex brandaris. The dye itself actually comes from the hypobranchial gland of the mollusk. And depending on different dye strategies, the gland is exposed either by being crushed and exposed to sunlight, or can be directly applied in a direct dye fashion being as the gland is squeezed uh, while still living. The dye is actually is thought to be native to uh, Crete, then eventually to Carthage, and then finally to Rome. But purple dyeing was actually also practiced on the Atlantic coast of Europe and South and Central America, and as well as Japan. The mollusks basically can be found anywhere in hot and temperate seas, but the Tyrian purple itself come, is located in the Mediterranean. And the name comes from Tyre, Lebanon, which was a Phoenician city in the Bronze Age. In antiquity, Tyrian purple was a signifier of wealth and status. Um, and this in part comes from the fact that the process to extract the dye is so labor-intensive, it ended up that of the ratio of snail to dye ended up Around 10,000 shellfish required for one gram of dye. It was literally worth more than its weight in gold in some areas. According to Phoenician mythology, the discovery of Tyrian purple came at the hands of the pet dog of Tyros, the mistress of Tyre's patron god Melkart. The couple supposedly were walking on the beach and realized the dog's mouth had turned a bright purple color after chomping down on a washed-up mollusk. Tyros wanted a garment of the same color, and thus the industry began. In Greece, uh, they quickly changed the story of the myth to say that Hercules had discovered it. And actually, Moex um, fishermen in antiquity were highly regulated and operated as members of guilds because of the high stakes and just celebrity status associated with the color. Um, the first record of Tyrian purple comes up in Ugarit and Hittite sources in the 14th century BCE. Um, And like I said earlier, it was eventually picked up by Minoan Crete, and then once it made it to Rome, after stopping in Carthage with the Phoenicians, Tyrian purple really blew up. There were restrictive laws about which elite people could wear it, Um, and Pliny the Elder, a Roman historian, actually refers to this time period as purpurae insania," translating from Latin to purple madness in Rome it really solidified in the status conscious realm that the color purple came to represent the emperor and the Tyrian purple was known for its durability and lack of fading and a stronger color and then looking to the contemporary times uh, the there definitely has been a shift to a more synthetic process in 1856 British chemist William Perkin was trying to find a cure for malaria and accidentally discovered an artificial residue that mimicked the hue of Tyrian purple as we discussed in class. Um, this was called He called it movine based on the Latin term for purple flower, mal- malwa. Actually, outside of the synthetic realm, shellfish purple dyeing is still being used in coastal areas in Oaxaca, Mexico, although this is different than the Tyrian purple um, of the Mediterranean and antiquity, especially because this, they use it direct dyeing, not a vat dyeing method, which I'll get into later. Um, but it's still a very labor-intensive process and still very highly valued. The use has definitely remained uh, limited to textiles in the majority fashion. But in the modern world, purple now lacks almost all ties with reality and wealth in its day-to-day use. And it's more of a symbol or talking about history to translate that same message. Now for the chemistry of Tyrian purple. The chemical composition was actually first determined in 1909 by Paul Friedlander um, and unexpectedly discovered that it contained bromine um, with an empirical formula of C16H8Br2N2O2. And Tyrian purple is a derivative of indigo, but unlike indigo, it's never been synthesized commercially. The dominant molecule at hand is 6,6-dibromoindigo, although there are other components as well. The second more soluble blue component is 6-bromoindigo, and a third minor component is 6,6-dibromoindirubin. And it's part of the indigoid, a class of substances named after its parent molecule and the functional groups at hand in the molecule are ketones and amines there is actually a neutral charge throughout the molecule and there are some hydrogen bonds between the 66 6, dye vom indigo with some pi interactions as well in terms of dye class uh, tyrian purple is a vat dye the only one other than indigo known in ancient times And what really made it such an elite color, an elite dye, is that it was, one, very labor-intensive to harvest, but also had an extremely high color fastness and light fastness, in addition to its deep saturation, um, and had the most so of its dye peers at the time. But by modern standards, you know, it does not hold up with its synthetic counterparts. But in the time, um, those properties really elevated it to its elite status. So the dyeing process involving Turian purple is interesting because we have the a combination of sources with Pliny the Elders documentation of the process mixed with archaeologists' discoveries of these ancient civilizations and uh, dye sites. And also we have biochemists uh, in the modern world. And so the shellfish were caught by lowering baited traps from floats. And after, then they'd line up all the dye um, and the crushed shells out to rot in the sun. And the smell must have been terrible. Uh, some places had their workshop as far as 15 kilometers away from the city. There's a distinct color change in the sunlight. So, when the shell is broken and the hypobranchial gland of the mollusk ruptures, the cells release their contents and the purple precursors um, contact with enzymes. And by the resulting hydrolysis, uh, there's actually yellow derivatives of endoxyl are formed. And when those two molecules of endoxyl derivatives uh, combine with air oxidation, They form green tyrividins, and the purple color actually comes when they're finally exposed to light, and this comes by a photochemical reaction, and the sulfur compounds are released, which explains the terrible odor that Pliny described, and then the gland secretions were collected and pounded with honey, and then salt is added to the mollusk glands and flesh, and then this mixture is heated in what Pliny describes as a lead vessel. And the heated, and then 10 days later, it's tested on a sheep's fleece. Uh, and if the, if the dye is ready, then they would add the rest of the wool to the dye for five hours to sit in the dye bath, with the moderate heat maintains. And in order to get the deep, saturated purple, they would actually, they would code the wool, like go through it and clean it up, and dip it again in the bath. Tyrian purple does not need a mordant, a fact which came in handy when dyeing more delicate materials like silk, because sometimes mordants can be a little aggressive. Um, And linen and silk were the most common fabrics that the uh, dye binds to. And the pH, it's theorized to be uh, ideal uh, with a 10 to 12 with an alkaline solution. And like I mentioned earlier, it's difficult because Pliny's documentation doesn't quite match up in all ways with modern knowledge. For example, honey is not a strong enough reducing agent and tin, not lead, was probably the dye vessel. And also, there some alkaline substance would most likely have had to be added to get the right pH, something like lime. With archaeological Discovery uh, has found purple dye workshops right next to lime kilns. So again, maybe the lime is something Pliny either was unaware of or deemed unnecessary to include. So that's tricky when we're working uh, with sources that date back to the first millennium BCE. I have always loved studying classics and antiquity. Um, I studied Latin in seventh grade, took it all through high school. Then I continued that a little bit at Davidson with my courses. I was thrilled actually to discover the other day that they're creating a classics minor. This is a recent development in the department and I hope to pursue it. Um, Thus, when it came time to select or die, I felt that I absolutely had to choose Tyrion Purple to celebrate the connection between both our course and um, my intended minor, and I really appreciated the opportunity to uh, get to know another side of uh, this dye's history with its uh, chemistry components. Mm